Welcome, I'm Metal. And I'm Scob, and you're listening to Podcastman.exe, a smooth listening podcast detailing our journey through the Mega Man Battle Network anime. Jack in, Podcastman, power up! Alright. New week, a new pair of episodes. These these ones definitely, like, much more, um, yeah, much more easy. This is standard. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, very much, starting with episode four, very much another, here is a major character. Mm-hmm. I was delighted because I quickly realized it's the one with that bitch number, man. <laughs> oh, that bitch number, man. Yeah. Look, it's episode four, and the theme is, number man said, horny people have no rights. <laughs> he sure did. Because you see, listeners, Number Man is voiced by Double D. It's literally just Double D's voice, and it's also delightful. It really, really works. Mm-hmm. We are open straight away to uh, Number Man in a fight with some delightfully smarmy-sounding yuppie of a generic net navvy. Oh no, how could he be so strong? Cranky cause you're losing, aren't ya? <laughs> then we, we switch to Lan and he's late for school and butter toast. <laughs> so and also speaking of Eddie, remember we have Dex who has Eddie's voice, we have Number Man as Double D. We'll find out if we get the third Ed voice actor in the show later on. But yes, uh for now, after the fight with Number Man, we go straight to Lan being late. And I may know because it was funny because Lan was like, oh man, I shouldn't have stayed up all night net battling. Mega Man's like, oh, you shouldn't have been up all night net battling. But it's like, Mega Man, who was doing the net battling? You also <laughs> enabled this situation. Uh, he doesn't have a choice, though. Yeah, but like, don't. You, I think we both know that he was, like, encouraging it. Like, he, he strikes me as a lad who enjoys net battling as much as Lan does. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's... But he can't avoid it. If he's plugged in, he's plugged in. Yeah, but still, I, I just feel like... I, I feel like it's unlikely that Mega Man was like, Hey, Lan, you should go to bed, too. Like, I, Are I just you feel sure? Like he because was, like... he does that, like, every single episode. I don't know. I feel like he's more, like, harassing him to get up on time than to go to bed on time. All right, fair enough. Oh. <laughs> it was, that, that was just how I figured it. And, it's, and I also just enjoy the idea of Mega Man being happy to net battle with Lan all night, but then, like, uh, like co act completely without blame in the morning. Yeah, that is, that is, that is a cute idea. <laughs> and the thing so, that I made a note oh, about yes please was that he needs new rollerblades those blades are going so slow it's like they just took a walk animation and attached <laughs> wheels to it that's why he's late yeah <laughs> I didn't really I didn't really like particularly notice that as much I, I was mostly focused on Mega Man yeah, yeah, that that's very fair, but I was just entranced by the slowest rollerblades <laughs> in the universe. And then he gets to school and Ms. Mario just publicly shames him. Yes, but first, before uh, he sees Ms. Mari, we are introduced to the other new character of this episode. I guess he's originally introduced to us as Professor Higsby. More commonly known, I think, he's just called Mr. His Higsby in the games, right? Uh, yeah, they explain why in this episode, of course. They do, they do. I was just trying to remember. But yeah, so we're introduced, introduced to Mr. Higsby, who, uh, you know, he, he's number man's, um... Uh, Netop. Netop, thank you. And he, his whole deal is that he is obsessed with, like, rare chips. He's just, like, a rare chip collecting nerd and he you collects these things by any means you. necessary yeah he he sure does he's brought in from the local university to mm -hmm. give oh. he, to give a guest lecture about net security 
Yeah. But instead he gives an impassioned speech about chips. And he also just outright tells kids, hey, if you have these chips, you can totally break any firewall and sneak in. Remember to get level five invisibility. It's like, hell yeah. (laughs) Good for him. Encourage the children to break into things. And the other fun thing about Mr. Higsby is that he is voiced by Lee Takar, whose name I actually do remember by heart. And but I do mostly know him as Vile from Ruby Spears Mega Man, but also as I recently found out, um, once again bringing up the Barbie movies, he was the voice of Bibble in the Fairytopia <gasps> movie. So no. for any of you who don't know, like that's just like the little oh, cute, bibble, 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 yeah, bibble. he's like this cute little animal psychic, and he just like makes babbling noises, and we. <laughs> And, like, when I showed it to my friends, we were all so delighted that it was Lee Tokar who was the man who was paid to make those noises. Get you a man who does both. But, yeah. For listeners who don't know, the uh, Ruby Spears vial of voice is pretty darn hot. So he went from. Yeah, that's the thing that that makes it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's, that's his talent, is that he can sound like this fucking nerd and also, like, a really hot villainy vile it's almost as if he's a voice actor being almost it's almost like he's good at his job um we this is also a yai episode or at least partially i mean yai's involved i probably I don't it probably think it counts as a yai episode no it doesn't y- y- yai just happened and i had like a knee-jerk reaction of oh no after last episode it's understandable <laughs> exactly yeah um, but no, she's fine in this one. The, uh, it's just like, you know, she comes up because she invites the kids up to this fancy new treehouse that her daddy made for her. It's a pretty dope get... treehouse. It is pretty dope. Um, and it's like got this whole like net battling system that the kids try out. You and... see, if you have your dual disc on and you jack into the system, you can see holographic dual yeah. monsters. Exactly. Exactly. This 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 episode does sort of like feel very Yu-Gi-Oh-y in other ways along well, the remember, road. Well, remember, Yai just like Kaiba. Yes, that's true. Yeah, she's as rich as Kaiba, and she shows it off by like flashing around these super OP rare chips that she just like like. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I bought these and. After a fight with Dex, he's like, yeah, that ain't fair. Them. Chips are OP. It's like, oh, you just work well you bought. Mine just cost more. And then it's just like, I'm just like, eat the rich, kids. D- don't forget. Never too young to learn that. The future is pay to win. Yeah. But then uh, amidst all their shenanigans, um, Number, Number Man. Man stealing cat. Yes. He breaks into the system that they're playing on and um i think he, he just like spies he just spies and like sees what chips they have and then yeah. finds yai's super rare chips and it's like oh yeah i'm gonna fucking steal those and at this point i'm just like you know i'd say something about like stealing from children but i mean again she's rich whatever fine yeah eat the rich and of course he does it using the level five invisibility chip that he talked about before so he basically told them what his plan was yeah it's on them for not listening i guess then lan is late to deliver data back to the school because they're putting together the was it the school newspaper i honestly forget yes the school newspaper on their school machines and he has to rollerblade back to school because he forgot data at home. But now bear with me. Mm-hmm. What, if what if there were a system to yeah. transfer data from one computer to another over wires? You don't even need wireless for this. What if there were? What if? I mean... I think, like, in the dub, I don't know if he... I can't remember if he specifically said... I left the data at home. It kind of just sounded like he left stuff at home. Uh, he he said he left I... the data at home in the original, so I'm like, yeah. what if? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's definitely funny in that. 
I guess the answer to what if is that he wouldn't be there to help everybody solve Higure's Riddles 3 to get through the firewall. Oh, wait, is that his name, Higure? Oh, yeah, sorry, Higsby. No, it's okay. No, it's. I, I certainly enjoy learning the, the name differences between the two uh, versions. But yeah, so... Instead of just, like, I don't know, hacking into shit to steal Yai's chip somehow. Um, Wait, he... stop. Oh, sorry. Am I getting ahead? No, but I want you to think from... Ha... Yeah. Okay. Well, feel okay. Free to... Feel free to cut this out of the episode. Okay. But how are you going to steal a physical chip over the I internet? mean, I didn't really... <laughs> consider that okay but like he's not physically there to like at least like okay so like what he does is he like locks the kids and miss mari in the classroom that they're in and challenges yai to a net battle uh with her chips with her rare chips on the line and this is where the Yu-Gi-Oh comes in because it's just like, why are you even battling her for these chips? Just like steal them. And I guess I did momentarily forget that these are physical chips, but still just like, I don't know, like the, the net battle is still like completely pointless no matter how, what way he want, he figures he can steal these chips. I believe, though, that in his version of morality, which he explains at the end of the episode, is that... A chip has no purpose unless it is being appreciated in its use in net battle. Because he explains that to Mrs. Mari. They do, okay, yeah. That, I don't know if it was just, like, not really, like, made as clear if I just didn't make that connection, but I didn't really make that connection. Oh, it wasn't clear until he explained it at the very end, but that's right. ostensibly, in hindsight, why he decided to do the net battle. Right, okay, fair fair enough, then. Um, it's still stupid. He could still, he's like, he's physically there at the school. He could walk yeah. over and just take the chips from this small, small girl. Except he locked the door, so then, like, he wouldn't be able to. He'd unlock it. <laughs> But yeah, so he has the things locked down. Uh, Lan is outside the door, so he's got to basically unlock the firewalls that Number Man has put up. Three walls, in fact. Um, My firewalls by... three! Answer yes. my enigma, can you see? The first yes. clue of mine is H-A-T-O. But what is its meaning? Could you know? Well... <laughs> In the dub, the first, uh, the passwords are basically just like, I guess, actual passwords of the school related to numbers of thing of certain things within it. And yeah, the first password hint is dove, because apparently this school just has doves, and yeah. I'm jealous. Same. I wish I had doves, but of course people yeah. have to take care of the doves, but right. if you have nice, well-behaved children, I suppose they could help keep them as a school project, and I yeah. I want the pitches. Yeah. So you're saying that the first uh, sub-hint was hato. Well, that means dove, so it's fine. Okay, well, yeah. But the, the thing here is that Miss Mari has forgotten all the passwords. She's supposed to know them. Of course she's forgotten the passwords, though. Who remembers the fucking passwords? Well, this is the future when you're supposed to know passwords. But, okay, so, but she does remember them thanks to, thanks to the hints. And also what's nice about the hints is that, you know, she's using her teacher skills, I guess, to recognize English letters and spelling. Oh, okay, so... That's how it is in it. They're written in English. The hints are written in English in the sub. Well, the hints are written in Japanese in okay. English. Like it's a H A T O, and they're like, oh, what does that mean? Oh, hato. That means that means dove. Okay, okay, okay. And the dove is just like you know she knows what the hints mean, which is like they're obvious because they're just spelled out in plain English and she doesn't know but she doesn't know the the numbers of these things that she needs to know and it's like yeah of course she doesn't like who would remember an obscure password like that 
So it is Lan's job to find these things and count them to enter in the number to unlock the password. Oh, oh, but I forgot another note I made. Um, one thing is that uh, Roll is also able to Roll yeah, exe is able to find the hints for these passwords because a fun thing about her is that she has these little like data antenna things that connect to her helmet, and she can like just sort of like stick them into cyber things to read their data. So yeah, she's just able to like plug in and find these hints. And I always just thought it was that those antenna of hers were very cute. I love them. She has a great yeah. design all over, honestly. Roll.exe really does have a very cute and fun design. Absolutely. I mean, if we can just like talk about a little thing for a moment. Sure, oh, yes. she's all pink, but honestly... I just love her design. There's something yeah. about it that it's it's capable yet elegant. You know, yeah. it's just like it's just a plus. Yeah, and you know what? Some girls like their girl characters being pink. I was basic like that, so I enjoy her wrong with it. Like, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. But what I meant is that it's not like she's Mega Man colored pink with a bow. Right. Yeah. No. It's definitely her much own more design. Yes. There's yeah, she has her own unique, very good design. And it was funny. Oh, oh, one so another like thing I know about, like in the dub. Um so there's this part where I guess they I think it was like they managed to break through the first wall and um Miss Mari was kind of chiding Higsby for like doing this awful thing. And we suddenly just get him like saying thank you very much in a random Elvis impression out of nowhere. That that's so, like, dub original. Love it. I I'm sure it is. I'm so like I guess so. Does he just like respond in a completely normal fashion in the sub? As normal as he can possibly respond. His sentence ending is very idiosyncratic. What gotcha. I like is that Mari believes in the determination of her students and she gives him a little speech about that and that's cute. Oh, that is cute. But yeah, no, in the dub it's just like this like random Elvis impression out of nowhere. I'm like, okay. The next password was the number of of total rackets they have for their tennis team. And it's like at this point I'm like, okay, these bitches have their own like pen of doves and they also have like a tennis team and they're like middle schoolers and it's like maybe this is like more on the lines of like towards a rich ass private school anyway than like a regular old public school because it's like damn it is i don't remember honestly like what sports teams were normal for middle school i don't know if racket if, or i mean tennis was one of them i know it's normal in japan okay fair enough then so that's fair enough. And Miss Maddie is the tennis coach. Yeah, but she doesn't know how many rackets they have. But like, okay. also, here's the thing: I would yeah. remember how many dubs there are, but I would yeah. not remember how many tennis rackets there are. Yeah, yeah. And then, so they get, but so Lam just count that and tell them, and they break through the third. The I mean, second the second wall. firewall, and then the third firewall is the number of sweet peas. Oh, they they spe they specify it as sweet peas that are planted outside, huh? Yeah, because in the dub it's just flowers. I don't even uh, I don't remember exactly what the hint was, but like, yeah, it was never they never like name dropped a specific kind of flower. They just said like the number of potted flowers outside, and there's a lot of them. And there's a lot of them, and it's like, why the fuck? Are you making your password this? You're making it. It's like it's like when new parents childproof a house to the point where like adults can't navigate certain parts of it anymore. You've gone too far with the security. Maybe Sal is just the head of security because she knows the password. Well, of course she knows. Yeah, Sal knows the password. But to Land's credit, he counts out a whole five hundred and ninety-six of them in like a relative in a pretty short amount of time I'm not a fast counter i'm not good at like keeping track of like my counts of things that look alike i would definitely have fucked up way more than he does he gets all the way to like 590 something i think 596 
I remembered, but like something happened to distract him and then he lost his count. He but, got like, hit in the head. I think that's a pretty good distraction. Yeah, yeah. So he did really good. He did he did good. And but that. and so but luckily uh Sal, the flower lady, is here to tell him the exact answer because she obviously planted all of them. And the number is 665. And I was just like, ah, oh, thanks, Sal, but couldn't you have planted just one more? Well, um the last one will lead to the Antichrist, so she saved the world. Whatever, it's overrated. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, they break down the fire, the final firewall, and like immediately, Mega Man steps up, and like Number Man, and subsequently Higsby pull the wily surrender move, and Miss Mari gives him such a good scolding. Oh, it's so good. Don't hurt her students. Don't hack into the school. You're a disgracer. But then, then she reminds him of the joy of finding a new chip for the first time. And she begs him to let other children have that experience and to trust in the kindness of others. Oh, mighty God. Mari is literally too good. <laughs> she is too good for this earth. Oh, I love her so much. And then, uh... Higsby quits his job as a professor and opens up his own chip shop to sell chips to the kids. And um that and that's how that's his whole original role in the game is he actually starts as a mentor of W3. And but in this one he's so he's so offended when they say, Are you a member of W3? He's like, nah! Oh, sorry. No, I keep I forget. I don't know why I keep forgetting that. I guess I, I, I figure like, oh, he is a bad guy. But no, in both the anime and the games, he's just a, a fucking nerd who goes too far to collect things, but then really sees is. the error of his ways and becomes the helpful shopkeeper. And thank goodness. Yeah. And and then I made a note for like the very, very ending of this, this episode which is that uh, Lan is racing off to school again, saying he's late, but, like, he makes it into the classroom with, like, seconds to spare, only to find it empty. And, like, and Mega Man's just like, oh, he's, he's like, yawning, he's all sleepy. It's like, you never, and he's just like, you never get up this early, Lan. It's 8 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> like, oh, sweet Mega babies. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and that was episode four. Pretty, um, pretty... Yeah, I have two, two notes. Oh, yes, please. Uh, first of all is that the energy swords are here. There's oh. no more real swords. The energy swords are here. They are glowy and they are blue. Oh, so now the, the sub has, like, fucking yep. lightsaber swords, too, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And secondly, it was just a tiny little thing, but I did appreciate how the numbers that Number Man rolls on his dice for his randomized explosion attack, they always matched up with the number of explosions that happened on screen. Oh, I didn't notice that. That is nice. It is nice. We like that accuracy in our animation. The, like, the animation, it could technically have a higher budget or a bigger frame rate, but everything is so consistent yeah and i like it i like it yeah no it like we said before it is a solid solid quality for what kind of show this is and for how long it lasted and this is one of those then this is one example of that that was this wonderful episode episode four we're, we're glad we watched it yeah So now we are back for episode five. And the first thing I noted was that this was the first episode in the dub that didn't open with that whole expedition, the exposition introduction. Um, Is that really the thing that you noticed? Because what I noticed was Gutsman getting hit in the balls. I didn't notice that, but like... That was the first thing I know because that's how the episode starts and we didn't have to start. So I didn't have to skip a whole one 
minute 45 seconds into the first into this episode just one minute oh oh my god before i forget again though i have been forgetting to mention that that exposition introduction begins with it's dentex city and it's almost like it's almost like being in a video game and i'm like oh you guys so i want to finally just make a note of that uh before we got too far past <laughs> when these introductions stopped. Wait, but did, yeah, they, I, did they edit out the ball shot in the dub then? I think they did. I don't remember a ball shot. They, I do remember, I do remember they were just like, you know, talking about like the number of times Mega Man won against him. Yeah, like it seemed like just like a regular fight against him Mega Man wins they say like oh Mega Man's won 23 times and they roast yep. poor they roast poor Gutsman a bit but like They're so calling him weak but it's not his fault it's his operator's fault yeah, he's good so you're telling me they had a ball shot for Gutsman like before all that happens yeah yeah they totally edited out of the dub then I guess they probably also edited out the ball shot to Dex that happens later in the episode. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they sure fucking did. Because that definitely didn't happen. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> you'll, have to, uh, you'll have to, like, explain how that happens when we get to it. They're just completely incidental, both of them. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, okay, actually, yeah, no, who, how does, who, does, like, Mega Man hit him in the balls? Yeah, it's just accidental. Okay. <laughs> you know, when you've got so many lemons that you're shooting, pew, 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 <laughs> like, one might hit a person in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> and then later, when there's all sorts of things being thrown around in a fish museum, somebody just might get hit in the balls, and then they oh might God. just exclaim, Now I understand how Goodsman felt. Oh my god, so stupid. Oh, great. <laughs> but yeah, so this episode opens with a ball shot if you're watching in Japanese, but also just the kids doing more net battles in the super fancy treehouse. But suddenly Mesa is there and he like breaks in and just like immediately goes into this rant about like oh, kids these days playing the video games and it's just like oh this, uh, i like wrote down oh this is the okay boomer episode it sort of is and then also sort of isn't right well it starts off that way because it's just like uh, kids gotta get exercise and it's just like he and so like he like forces these kids to stop playing their games after trespassing onto Yai's property and then just sort of like corrals them out into all these like exercise activities first with like laps except like um you know Lan uses his roller skates M Melu uses a scooter yeah they all have like some sort of like wheels and he's like oh, that doesn't that's cheating you're supposed to use your legs and it's like dumbass their leg muscles come on Yes, and then there's all the push-ups and yada yada yada. Yeah, and it's just like, and we're, it's just like, like, why are you, why did you, like, find these specific kids to harass children? Why are you doing this? He has no authority over you. You don't Here's have to thing. do this. What? I don't know, maybe it's a difference between dub and original, but in the original, he seems like he's just a force of nature. Yeah, like, he certainly is in the dub, but, he like... Is, like he, he he goes into Yai's place, they can't find him, suddenly he's there in the house, and Yai says, who or what is this guy exactly? Yeah, I mean, And then I they're, 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 they're doing the trains, they're like, I don't know why we're doing this. We're doing it because Masa told us to, you just can't go against Masa. Okay, well, yeah, in that, in the dub, when they're like, why are we doing this, um, Lan is like, he'll throw fish at my head or something like that he'll throw fish at me and it's just like that's you you don't have to like uh, like have no. some gen z gumption to you kids and tell them to fuck off 
there is no gumption when it's just no one in this town could go against Masa. And then when Yai says, my daddy will kick you out of town, he's rich, you know? Masa does not care for her. fair thing, like, for Yai to be just like, how much do I have to pay you to get you the fuck off? No, no, Masa does not care for your no, petty monetary or moral it. concerns. He is no. immortal. He will keep on going. He will hit you with a screwball so far up your nose it hits your brain. Yeah. Oh, so is this how Dex gets his um nut shot no. when like what what? Nope. That it's happens. Not later. when they're playing baseball? Nope. Wow, I thought for sure. That seemed like the time when it would happen, but alright then. Oh no, he would be killed, because... <laughs> you know, fair. Because Masa is also a Jojo. Yeah, he, he did, basically did, is. I forgot, did that come over in the dub? Does he go, ora, 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 ora? What? He actually says, oh, no! Yeah, yeah. happened in the dub! Oh, that's delightful. And it slowly bloomed on me because first I thought he was saying hora hora, you know, like, hey, see here, see here. But then he kept on going and more hora 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 kept happening. Oh my god. That's delightful. <laughs> oh my god. Thank so you. that's the reason that nobody goes against Masa in the original. He's a Jojo. Yeah, fair fair enough. Like, yeah, no, they definitely have him well established as a force to be reckoned with, at least in the sub. And then suddenly we cut to the fucking skull-shaped fortress cave under a waterfall. And, and I was like, oh, hey, the villains are happening in this episode. <laughs> They sure are. Wily is showing a greatest losses reel to shame his children. He's shaming his—he's shaming these kids, these stupid, stupid kids who have their little bicker. Stupid, stupid, thirty-six-year-old kids. Yeah, that's so good. I love the dynamic of World Three a lot. I love the dynamic of Wily and his stupid, grown-ass children. And then Maddie's throwing the other two under the bus. Yeah, which is like, you know, good for her. Good for her, you go, girl boss. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so like he scolds them and they're just like, okay, here's an idea for how to make some more chaos happen. Because it's literally just like, oh, we're losing to Mega Man. Y'all should be out there, like, doing terrorism. Uh, to quote Dr. Wiley, <clears throat> quote mm -hmm. the objective of world three is world chaos and delete <laughs> so the, the, their two aims are just world chaos and delete great He's chaotic neutral i really yeah yeah like he really he might still be chaotic evil but he's definitely chaotic and very delightful <laughs> He gets he gets more neutral over time. Sure, he's chaotic evil now, but you know, give him time. He's just yeah. he's that clown. But for now, we are hacking into a robot aquarium, and I was like, oh hey, this is a plot point in the game too. Yep. And I remember like um starting like thinking like, huh, I wonder. Let's discuss the wisdom of a robotic aquarium, and then a robotic shark literally breaks through the glass out of its tank and it's like oh yeah there is none because you can hack robotic fish and that's okay, but... that's hmm? but let's actually discuss the morality okay. of a robotic aquarium this is a good tangent i think that because fish are more simple-minded have less like needs for like they have less need for enrichment and things like that than um other species i feel like aquariums are pretty good as long as they're like given big enough and clean enough and nice enough tanks um just don't have dolphins and other marine mammals and obviously great white sharks so like if you have a, a robotic aquarium with like creatures like that that you cannot have in captivity ethically then Sure, yeah, that's fine. But this episode demonstrates that in this world, in this Internet of Things, uh, 
robot animals just for the second time in fact we are learning that robot animals are just kind of dangerous because they can be hacked and cause chaos counterpoint uh-huh all right uh first of all fish need enrichment just like everybody else second of all there were squid there were squid and other cephalopods in there were there and they are almost as smart as humans they are equal right they're equal to dolphins so jot that down well not squid like yes cuttlefish are yeah okay like Cuttlefish and sure. octopus are honestly very smart. Smart. They do also need enrichment, but I think it's been demonstrated that they can live happily in aquariums as opposed to dolphins. I mean, you can keep them there, but they keep trying to escape. Right. Well. Okay. Uh, there. Let me bring up my third. Okay. 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 Uh, one and two are probably the same one, but okay. Uh-huh. Third. There's so yeah. many species out there that are in a lot of trouble and zoos and aquariums are very important when they are doing captive breeding programs to help stabilize and enrich the genetics of the stock in the wild i'm not going to take that Mm -hmm. away from anybody but Mm -hmm. if we do create robotic versions of fish that can just look pretty for people who are coming around and you can still get the talk from the keeper and yada yada about how they act in the wild. And if you are programming these fish to such a point that they act just like the real fish, which becomes a plot point later, then I think that that is, as long as it can also be carbon neutral, because I don't want us just throwing plastic around the earth and wasting yeah. too many resources as long as it can that's be done sustainably where... then yeah. that's a great idea yeah you know fair but like real in in the real world that would probably be the the big problem right there well, is the what re- it would take <laughs> in the real world we wouldn't be able to create these fish which are solid and then f- use anti-gravity to float in the air that's true. Oh yeah. No, um, I'll I'll discuss <laughs> we'll discuss that cuz yeah, when they when all of these things are taken over and they break out of their cages, they don't just like flop out on the aquarium floor. No. They hover in the air and like all in the sky and it's delightful. It Absolutely really delightful. But it's also but, anti-gravity uh, yeah. and are we using it for cars? Are we using it for construction? No. We're using our anti-gravity on fish and before you try to think oh what if they're filled with helium no these things are solid masa cut yeah one, no, they're delays it they are just yeah oh yeah um um what i still want to talk a bit here's what i say about like a robotic aquarium if you're gonna do that like obviously like education on like you know things that we can already have in aquariums is good but I think the real priority that should be had with aquatic, or I mean with robotic marine life is robot deep sea ex- exhibits. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, uh, things break out. Um, but meanwhile, there's a oh. science lesson. <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, there's a science lesson. And this is the part where, like, Mesa, like, redeems himself. It's like, he, he he gives the kids a break and just sort of starts teaching them, like, fish facts. And it's like, okay, this is nice. I'd be down for this part of Mesa's day. Absolutely. And I fact-checked his fish facts. Uh-huh. And they're they're correct? Mostly? They're kind Mostly. of confusing? All right, the second one is just a an explanation of the name of the fish so you know that's fine the third one uh-huh. yeah they're uh jellyfish are mostly water the first one though don't know how they translated uh-huh. but in the original he says that the difference between the japanese red sea bream and the western red sea bream is that the japanese red sea bream lives in deep water whereas the western red sea bream lives in shallow lakes and therefore it gets a tan it's, it's tan- dark yeah no in the 
in the dub, it's it's um, farm raised versus wild caught. And yeah, they said that the farm raised ones are raised in like shallower water, water, and therefore they have darker color. And it's like that's not how fish work, right? <laughs> it's not how fish work. But he was. I learned a new word today. I learned the word for sea bream because I didn't know it. I should have okay. known it because it's ta uh, you know taiyaki. Sort of. Yeah, they're little the, the fish-shaped cakes. Oh yeah, those things. Yeah, they're they're in the shape of the sea bream. Oh, I thought they were just g generic cartoony fish. Yep. So I learned something. They are in the shape of the Thai or the matai, which is the sea bream, and there is in fact a, a an Asian sea bream and an Atlantic sea bream. Ah, interesting. So I guess we know, but he's still wrong. Wait, he's wrong about like the color difference. He's wrong about the color difference because they are both animals that live closer to the sea floor in relatively shallow waters. Although the Japanese one can be found going pretty darn deep. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually. So can the Atlantic one. It can go up to 2,000 feet down the Atlantic Ooh. Ocean. So, like... Wow. I don't know what so he was both... on about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just some, like, uh, old... Uh, or maybe I heard the from wrong... The time that's... Maybe I heard the wrong words because, honestly, he was talking real fast. Maybe, but I don't know. I have a pretty good feeling it was probably as you heard it, since you know, like I said, the dub said a similar thing. No, no, um, my my dude, I had subtitles off, and he was talking very, very fast. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah, but yeah. So it's in the middle of this lesson that they realize that like all of the creatures from the robotic aquarium are just out. They are floating through the air, all of these fish and things. And frankly, it's a delightful scene. I would love it to just see like robotic fish and sharks floating through the air. I love it. Same. It is frankly optimal for life and serotonin. And there's so many different kinds of fish. There's a, yeah, that aquarium had a lot of fucking robot fish. Absolutely. But they do get, Oh, sorry. No, no. Okay. I was just going to say, they do get into, like, one problem that exists with all these fish going through there is that, yeah, these are big, met metal, solid, heavy, heavy robot fish, and they're kind of just, like, going around aimlessly and crashing into things, and, like, and people. They're, like, there's a part where, like, this giant, like, I don't know, tuna-looking thing is, like, about to, like, head, like, swim right into uh, the kids and Mesa, but he he breaks out his knife and, like, fillets the side of the robot to stop it. And it's like, first of all, that knife fucks if it can cut through steel like that. Mm, and the katana, the secret of Japanese yeah. folded steel. Mm, metal gear. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> is that your riding impression? Look, I'm not very good at it, but yeah, that's my impression of riding doing an impression of Snake. Yeah, that's what it is! <laughs> because that's basically how he talks in Rising. Anyway. So yeah, so he cuts through the robot fish and it's like, yeah, if that thing hit you, it would have fucking hurt. And I believe him. Yep. Um... I'm sorry, I thought you said something. Uh, he said that I won't forgive those who abuse fish, even if they're real yeah. fish. Yeah, you know, that's, and that, I was like, yeah, that's fair. I would, I would definitely be mad at anyone who, like, hacked into these robotic fish to, like, cause a muck like this and need them to be destroyed. Now, how are they causing the muck? Well, the answer, jellyfish rave. Yeah. Before we get to the jellyfish rave, though, we find out about the jellyfish rave because first we have to jack into a random goddamn public phone in order to 
look at the situation with the robotic aquarium, I guess. Just be glad that they didn't have to jack into a robot fish. Actually, I would have rather they jacked into a robot Yeah, fish. that would have made more sense, actually. You're right, that would have made more and, sense. Yeah, but no, they just jack into a phone to start, and it's fun because uh, they had a little nod to, they had another, like, a specific nod to something in the game where this section while when you have to navigate around the aquarium there's like these like shark fins uh you know the dorsal fins they're coming out of the uh coming out of the floor that you have to avoid if you want to avoid any like random battles so they had a nod to that with um an appearance of a new net navi who is shark man and frankly i had forgotten about shark man completely He's the hero but, of I'm, our city, and you forget him. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's also just a little, he's kind of, a, he's a weird dude. He is he's weird. kind of weird. He, he's weird, but. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, he's also there, like, trying to deal with the situation, sort of. And, yeah, that's when we find the jellyfish rave. And Lan gets stuck under the water in the middle of it, and all the jellyfish viruses start attacking him. And then we have to download chips. We do. Because we couldn't, like, I guess it was like they connected, it was the thing where it was like they connected to the phone and then moved to the aquarium's network. But now, like, they can't, like, download chips that way. So then it's like, uh, we gotta run to the aquarium to download the chips. And it's like, Lan, my guy, why can you not, like, preload chips into Mega Man? Because as he is now, he's kind of just getting his ass kicked by a bunch of jellyfish. He really is. On their yeah. way to And Shark Man's just... What? Go ahead. I'm... Shark Man's just standing there watching it happen. He sure is. He's not. He just watches. <laughs> and smiles, but he doesn't have any choice in that. Yeah. And so on our way to the aquarium to help Mega Man, they get chased by a robotic shark. A robotic now, great white chases them, and then Masa, yeah. in his illimitable wisdom, uh -huh. he has two things. He has wisdom and, sh and fish facts. He tells them mm -hmm. to freeze. And so they do, and then the shark just continues on. And Masa gives his great wisdom that sharks, they will really only attack you if they smell that your blood in the water or if you're flailing around weakly, which is true. But when they say, like, oh, freeze, that makes it seem more like, oh, a vi their vision is based on movement kind of thing. It makes it seem in like fact, that, but even... then he explains it, so... Well, in the dub, he doesn't explain it like that. It's, like, he just, like, kind of puts it, like, um, if you're moving a lot or something. I, I don't know. It definitely, they definitely did not specify about, like, moving, like, flailing in a panic. It kind of was just, like, moving. Oops. So, it comes off more as, like, a, the old T-Rex thing. <laughs> it's a T-Rex shark. Yeah. Unfortunately, he proclaims this so loud that he draws the shark's attention again. Yeah. Another fun thing in the dub, though, is that he talks about, like, having a PhD, and I wasn't sure if that he was, like, if that was, like, legit, or it's just like, oh, I have a PhD in whatever. Ugh. Just, like, you know, kind of hyperbolic uh, bragging. I bet he does, though. I really, honestly, I would 100% believe he has a PhD in fish biology, marine biology. We don't know that his want. last name isn't Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's the... Oh my god. What if he's Jotaro's father all along? What? What if, uh, even better, what if he came from the egg? No, we know who came from the egg. That was that's Jonah comes from the egg. <laughs> but it would be very fitting for Mesa to come out of an egg, though, at the same time. You're right. So maybe so. He comes out of a fish egg. Yeah. No 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 Kakyoin. Kakyoin, did you lay this shark purse? <laughs> Oh, dear. 
here. <laughs> That's where he comes from. Yeah, we did, everybody. We solved that mystery. He's um, Jolene's little brother, and he follows in his father's footsteps of marine biology. And stand battling an aura. I mean, oh honestly, he is stand yeah. battling. Yeah. No, you're yeah, no, you're right about that. They call but, um, Sharkman my we... stand because he stands beside me in the digital space. <laughs> um, before we leave the robotic shark, though, I I just want to mention that one thing I wrote down was, I feel like if I was cornered by a robotic shark, I would have much more confidence to like just like run slash fight my way past it than an actual shark. And I'm not fully sure why, but like that's just how I I that's just how I felt watching it. It was like, no, I'd go for it. I'd like, yeah, I'd just I'd I'd try to fight. And maybe it's less like, oh, I'm less afraid of a robot shark or like i doubt that it's as capable of ke of like catching and harming me or maybe it's just like oh this is a robot so i don't feel i won't feel bad if i beat the shit out of it to get away yeah absolute opposite here i would feel more confident avoiding or somehow driving away a real shark because yeah. it responds to stimuli in its environment and it's a good little baby who's probably just very confused but a robot shark that thing could be piloted by somebody or it could have military applications that are targeting and hunting me down it has no morals it has no responses to anything but its programming that thing is three tons of metal and it is going to shrink those jaws into my bones a mindless scob eating machine yes unlike sharks <laughs> which are not mindless yeah. eating machines no, they're good. They will. They are. They are very good. Uh, hashtag sharks good. Hashtag sharks good is. <laughs> that's our take on, uh, on this subject. Um, but yeah, and then so, but after, um, after Mesa says he'll drive away the shark himself, so the kids can get to the aquarium. I expected him to one poop last snoot. He did poop its snoot. <laughs> I know, but I want him to explain the snoot poop. Yeah. Uh, alas. I mean, to be fair, like you said, it's a robotic shark. It's not gonna- it won't necessarily- unless, like, it's programmed to respond that well, way. Well, the thing it is, he explained- like, have the same reaction. He explained earlier that the fish are acting in the ways of the oh. wild fish. That's right, they do- yeah, you did mention that. So I guess, yeah, maybe it would've- but yeah but yeah they don't actually go into the why like punching a shark in the nose is a like solid technique actually for driving one off i guess there's only but, so much time yeah <laughs> and then um after that so uh there's one more obstacle that is guarding the aquarium itself and it is big blooper love the big blooper yeah, it's just a big old robot, white robot squid. And Lan just, like, is just like, fuck this, there's no time to deal with this. And he just, like, skates in, like, he kind of just, like, slides underneath the squid to get past him. And it's like, good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it is good. You thought it's going to be another net bag? You think he's going to hack the giant squid? Nah. Yeah, no. Like, no. Like, uh, honestly, that's a smarter thing to do if you're in a hurry. <laughs> And uh, back at Mega Man, he is trying to fight off, like, uh, this giant culmination of all the jellyfish viruses into one giant jellyfish that is, like, grabbing him with its tentacles. And he's trying to slice them off, and, uh, but, like, new tentacle just takes its place. And I, at this point, I wrote something something on the Hydra's back. Something something Grand Falloon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's gonna get... That's a deeper cut, unfortunately. I guess so. But, um... <laughs> but yeah, but, so, like, Lan gives him these chips, but, yeah, Mega Man still can't actually, like, kill this creature in a way that matters. 
until mysteriously a fishbone is like lodged into the wall beside him and on its end is tied an electro sword chip left for land to use and that is when land like realizes oh it's electric it's an electric sword so that's gonna work against this uh jellyfish and i'm like god land this is basic pokemon typing i know this doesn't like i know that game doesn't exist in this world but like surely because like mega battle network does have that a type a, some typing system obviously not to the extent as pokemon and not as like um you know not as important but i do believe there are like types like that and there like, are they talk about some. in the episode yeah. where they're they're like how'd you know to use the electric sword and then he's like oh well i remembered what masa said about the jellyfish the jellyfish there in the water so i figured it's they're mostly water. they're mostly water and so i figured it must be a water type enemy and i'm like yeah i'm like wait uh, First of all, this is an aquarium. Of course, it's water type. Second of all, yeah, and it's ex- exactly. It's like this is a virus. This is a program. Like, it doesn't have a body that's made out of water because it doesn't have a body. And why is but it's also why like, is Mega Man struggling in the water in the internet? The internet water. Because it okay no they do say like it's slowing him down it's like he's less mobile in it. yes and but that's why is it there good. what does it mean what does it represent is there is the water a DDoS attack is that what it is the water is where the jellyfish were maybe that's <laughs> just like how the network is I don't know it's never explained <laughs> whatever yeah but it's like yeah land you're like you should God you gotta at least know this basic typing shit. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, so he gets the electric sword, he fights off the jellyfish, and then finally Sharkman helps him. Finally. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, the, the, uh, we kind of work together. I, like, tried fighting these things off myself, but I guess I bit off more than I could chew. Uh, I'm glad we were able to help each other, and I'm just like, you didn't help him much, <laughs> you street shark look. You street shark-looking motherfucker. He does look like a street shark. He does. Um, but yeah, so the virus is fought off. World 3 is uh, defeated. Once again, all of the robot fish kind of just, like, collapse they go to where sleep. they are. So the street is just littered with these fucking things. I'm just like, God, who's gonna have to deal with this? Well, the answer is they're probably just going to hack them in again by somebody who works at the aquarium and then they'll just swim them all home. I guess that's true. That you could probably just do that. And that will be a that would be a delight to see. I would like be outside watching the fish go to the aquarium. Honestly, let that be but first a I would st- weekly or monthly thing like it's the aquarium parade and the fish go through town. I would love it. Yeah, yeah like they should. Like if your fish are capable of this, why the hell not? But yeah, I'd be delighted to watch watch them go home after I stole one of the robot sharks for myself. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... And then the episode ends. The episode ends, but not before, like, Mesa goes on this whole spiel about, like, oh, um, the using, like, learning things, uh, eating well and exercise and the kids are like yeah it's like oh i see you you fucking propaganda f i see you now i see what your goal was all along but Mega Man agrees Mega Man agrees that those are good things to do eat well Well, exercise and learn yeah no like all the kids are like yeah like learning is cool exercise is cool and it's like uh yeah let's see what you're fucking doing cartoon and then masa stands on top of tokyo tower on top of a robot shark that he took for himself and reveals himself to be the tuxedo mask of calcium yeah he's like this he's got this secret hero identity that we'll see more of as the show goes on and he is the op of shark man but yeah we end with this like really metal shot of him standing on top of the robot shark that is impaled on tokyo tower it's pretty cool it's really fucking cool so i was like all right yeah that's a good 
fucking image to end this episode on. And I that was episode five. That was yep. Yeah, no, I, that that's pretty much covers it. It's another solid episode, um, showcasing that Mesa is a force to be reckoned with. Now confirmed to be uh, Jotaro's other son, other child. They have three and... children. They're beautiful. It's wonderful. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of them got a relatively regular life. The yeah. other one uh, reset the time stream. Oops. Oops. It's fine. And yeah, uh, with those with those episodes done, that will do it for us for this week. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope you enjoyed our journey through these much more uh, standard, fun episodes. To be continued. Hope... Oh, fuck. Why, why can't I think of that tune? What tune is that that you just did? Don't hit Craig Lee yet. First I have to say... <laughs>